I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The FT. I was pleasantly surprised to hear that the death of Pete Seeger, the mythic American folk singer, had made the top of the news on BBC Radio 4's Today programme in the middle of the week. The programme is not noted for moist-eyed idealism, but its tone was generous. Seeger's life and work were rightly lauded for their integrity and commitment to the kind of causes that may not be considered controversial, but which are incontrovertibly ignored in the power play of real-life politics. Try raising any of them in an ordinary edition of the Today programme. Seeger's vision was for a just and peaceful world, and he never let it relax, not for a minute. As he achieved elder statesman status, his acolytes were increasingly fuelled by pure nostalgia. There was a day, they would recall, when all this stuff sounded convincing and credible. Seeger's gentle and courteous ways began to appear quaint, acts of history rather than imperatives to change the way we live now. By the end, everyone loved the nonagenarian Seeger. Even Barack Obama paid tribute. Seeger was able, he said to stand up for what's right, speak out against what's wrong, and move this country closer to the America he knew we could be. Ironically, and not a little amusingly, Seeger's most memorable act, for many who were around at the time, was an act of vandalism. The fact that it didn't really happen scarcely mattered. When we talk of the greatness of events and men, mythology steps in when actuality leaves us thirsty for more vivid colours. So this is how the story goes. At the Newport Folk Festival of 1965, Seeger was so upset when Bob Dylan appeared on stage wearing a leather jacket and wielding an electric guitar that he picked up an axe and tried to chop through the cable that was powering Dylan's electrified in all senses of the word set. The tale is, of course, absurd. For Seeger, axes were for chopping wood, keeping the home fires burning, maintaining the frugal pioneer spirit that helped move his country closer to the America he knew it could be. To advance the notion that he turns psychotic after listening to a few power chords from his young friend shows a certain lack of perspective. Stakes were high over Dylan's conversion from folk to rock music, but not that high. But let the symbolism of the moment stand. Seeger was, without any doubt, deeply upset when Dylan powered into Maggie's farm. The American producer Joe Boyd, then serving an apprenticeship as a fledgling soundman, recalled seeing him striding away in anger from Dylan's set towards the parking lot, and his wife Toshi in tears. Seeger himself, remembering the occasion four decades later, claimed that he was merely disturbed by the volume and lack of clarity in Dylan's singing. You could not understand the words, he said. I was frantic. Just as well, some might say. Within the spit of a guitar lick... Dylan was on to like a rolling stone and its ghostly chorus. How does it feel to be on your own?
Seeger had started the day in front of the festival audience by playing a recording of a friend's newborn baby. He ended it by listening to folk music's prophet, telling him that the age of communality was over. We were all alone. That is some downer. The erudite Boyd had a point of reference for Dylan's conversion. Like the acmeist poets in Russia in the 1920s, he said, Dylan confused and frightened the commissars with his opacity. He was no longer outer-directed. Anyone wishing to portray the history of the 60s as a journey from idealism to hedonism could place the hinge at around 9.30 on the night of 25th of July, 1965, he wrote in his autobiography, White Bicycles. Dylan said that the very idea that Seeger wanted to take an axe to his power cables stabbed him like a dagger when it was conveyed to him, and he immediately wanted to go out and get drunk. The alluring chimes of hedonism were already enticing him away from the worthy tracts of idealism. Seeger must have known the game was up, although he never showed it. Where to trace the beginning of the end of togetherness? The following decade, the 1970s, was famously labelled the me decade by Tom Wolfe. Nonsense, said others. It was the Thatcher-Reagan years that valorised the individual at the expense of society. All well and good, say more recent cultural historians, but surely it has been the atomizing effect of 21st century technology that has really torn us away from each other. I'm with Pete Seeger. I blame Dylan. At a stroke, his artistry acquired several layers of profundity on that night at Newport, but like any great artist, he became more self-centred and less generous in his startling and newfound eloquence. Seeger got that. Whether he was aiming a few imaginary swings at his newfound enemy... This was the man who wrote If I Had a Hammer, remember? Or merely stewing in the parking lot. Reality crept in on him that night. And so the rock star replaced the folk singer. Dylan looked divine in that puffed-sleeve polka-dot shirt that he wore at the Newport soundcheck, but nobody would listen to his songs in quite the same way again. He became a celebrity, and we now know what that has come to mean. Your songs are supposed to have a subtle message, said an earnest reporter at a press conference to the singer later that year. Where did you read that? asked a faux-perplexed Dylan. In a movie magazine, replied the reporter, and everyone burst out laughing. Where have all the flowers gone? Long time passing. Where have all the flowers gone long time ago? Where have all the flowers gone? The girls have picked them, everyone. Oh, when will you ever learn? Oh, when will you ever learn? For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. 
And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellingcat.com.